Amen. Well, if you love the Lord, say amen. It is good to be in the house of God tonight, and uh, I am glad to be here, always glad to see uh, my friends as well as my enemies at Heritage Baptist Church. Thank you. Amen. Didn't know you was there. Hallelujah. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, let's take out our Bibles tonight and uh, turn with me to 2 Samuel 18. 2 Samuel 18, I'm glad to hear, Brother Miles, you made it out. I think that's also known as the world's most expensive diet program. (laughs) Bless your heart, oh man. And uh, praise the Lord. All right, we got some places where we wanna read here this evening, so I'm going to ask if you would to stand, please, for the reading of God's word. That's only, only do that in hopes that it might stir enough blood to keep you awake through the whole thing. All right. I want to say it is an honor to be here. It's always a blessing and an honor to be with my cousin. I thank God for him. And uh, let me tell you, America needs to thank God for him, and I appreciate you all in this ministry. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we pray for you, we support you, we actually do support mercy and truth, and uh, thank God for him. I appreciate, believe, I believe in that ministry and uh, all that you do, amen. I'm getting tired of Joy charging me every time I call her, but that's all right. <laughs> And uh, she'll get right someday. <laughs> Amen. All right. Second Samuel 18, we'll begin reading in verse number 19. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, let me, boy, I like this microphone. Turn that reverb. I want to hear it go boom. I like it. Let me now run and bear the king tidings how that the Lord hath avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings because the king's son is dead. Then said Joab to Cushai, go tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushai bowed himself unto Joab and ran. Then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab, but howsoever, let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushai. And Joab said, wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? But howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, run. And Ahimeaz ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushai. And David sat between the two gates and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate under the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked and behold a man running alone. The watchman cried and told the king, and the king said, 
if he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also bringeth tidings. The watchman said, Methinketh, I always think that's cool when they talk like that. <laughs> Methinketh, I've said things like that. Methinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, he is a good man and cometh with good tidings. And Ahimeaz called and said unto the king, all is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king and said, blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my Lord the king. And the king said, is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimeaz answered, when Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. Behold, Cushai came and Cushai said, tidings, my lord, the king. For the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, the enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Lord, help us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of your people to be in your house. Thank you for the privilege of being able to be in your house. Lord, I pray that you would bless your word tonight and I ask God, please, for a special touch from heaven. God, all I know is that I am inadequate, I am small, I cannot do what needs to be done. Lord, I give this to you, I offer it to you, and I ask God that you would do your work in spite of me. Please, Lord, I pray that you would glorify yourself. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. This story does not start here. This is a story that started many years earlier. It happened in a time when kings go forth to battle and David remained in Jerusalem. One day as he was remaining, he walked out on a rooftop and committed lust in his heart and committed adultery with his body. This right here was followed years later and we're coming into it now about David and Absalom. Absalom was a mighty prince of David. Absalom, one of the king's sons. Absalom, the swab. 
Absalom the beautiful. Absalom the rebel. But tonight, though this entire story is involved, I would, and there's no doubt we are going to uh, talk about this story, but we're going to primarily look at these messengers. Because as the battle raged between King David and his men and his followers, there was another side, and that was Absalom and his men and his followers. And sure enough, we know the story about how Joab surrounded Absalom after he had gone, ridden his own mule, gone under an oak, and his, the Bible says that his head caught hold in an oak. And he was between heaven and earth, hung up by his head. I tell you this, I know a lot of people hung up between heaven and earth by their own head. That was free. You're not gonna find that in the notes. But mm, we're gonna look at primarily these two messengers here tonight. Now, mind you, neither one of these messengers had given in to the lures of Absalom. Neither one of these messengers had been unfaithful to King David. Neither one of these messengers had done what was wrong, at least in committing treason or in following a wicked man. At least they were faithful to David. But I do believe as we look at this, we're gonna look at this thought, the ministry of the messenger. The ministry of the messenger. And can I tell you this? I do believe that we need to share the message that we've been chosen to carry. Can I get an amen? Now, if we're gonna just jump into it here, I'd like you to write some things in your Bible, if you can, or keep notes or something like that. Look again, if you would, at verse number 22. <coughs> the Bible says here, I was corrected this week. I said, someone told me, they said, don't say that the Bible says, say God says, because the Bible doesn't say anything. All I know is it's in here. But verse 22, some people can't get over themselves. Verse 22, I just looked at him and said, you're right, that's, that's right. I stand corrected. David said, that had nothing to do with the message either. Y'all need to keep me on, on path here. David said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. <laughs> I see y'all messing me up already. Verse 22, then said Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, yet again to Joab, but howsoever let me run, I pray thee, and also run after Cushai. And Joab said, wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? Can I tell you that number one tonight, there is a message that must be expounded. There is a message that must be expounded. 
Can I tell you, this ought to do with something about somebody preparing a message from the Lord. Can I get an amen tonight? You know, there's a lot of people, they just don't have much to say, do they? I'll never forget, I was at a Bible college and a few years ago and I had gone to visit my kids at Bible college and I think it was in the theology class, advanced theology or something, or it might have been homiletics, I can't remember which one. And I was just, I was just sitting in the class and the professor, the attorney, he said, well, Mr. Hanks, he said, would you like to add anything? And I said a few things and, and then I, after I said a couple things, the, the, the professor, said, he said, well, he said, why don't some of you all ask uh, Brother Hank some questions? Which I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is gonna go very good. Sure enough, one of the first things out of the shoot, this, this uh, you know, 20-year-old boy said, I want to do some writing and I wanna start telling some things in some books. <laughs> I said, you ain't got nothing to say yet. <laughs> What are you gonna say, Calvin and Hobbes? I don't know. Made me a little nervous thinking about it. I tell you, we need to have something to say, though, shouldn't we? And can I tell you, when it comes to the things of God, it ought not be hard to get some things to say. Somebody else say amen. I tell you this, where I, uh, I, I was reminded of a story um, uh, about a, a JW that was going out knocking on doors. And uh, he went out there and he knocked on this door and this guy came out and he said, uh, you know, he gave him his little spill. He said, well, come on in and we'll talk. And uh, sure enough, he brought him on in and, uh, (coughs) excuse me, and the guy, he went to get, you know, offer him something to drink as he sat there in the, in the place and everything, and, and uh, he came out and he said, well, he said, uh, he said, well, he said, what would you like to talk about? Uh, that little JW guy looked at me and said, I don't know. I never got this far before. <laughs> and I tell you this, I think we've got something to be said, though, about our Savior. Can I get an amen? There are too many people, though, that don't know anything about their Lord. There are too many people, they're not ready to carry a message. They don't have anything prepared. They don't have anything in their heart. They have nothing that has been birthed within them. Friend, let me tell you something. If all you have is facts, you better be careful. You better get to know the Father. Let's hurry on here because somebody else makes these messages long. Look at what it says here. I love this. Look at verse number 21. Said Joab to Cushai, go tell the king what thou hast seen. Number two, there is a message to be experienced. I said there is a message to be experienced. You know, the Bible says this in Acts chapter four and verse number 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Can I just tell you that today (laughs) we are cursed with a people that have never seen anything. 
We are cursed with Christians that have never seen a prayer answered. We are cursed with congregations that have never seen the face of God. We are cursed with preachers that have never seen the power of God. We are cursed with men of God that have never seen the spirit of God move. And let me tell you this, if you can't see the face of God, you'll never be able to see it in the face of anyone else as you're sharing the gospel with them. You keep trying to tell things about him. Friend, all you can do is share the things that you've experienced. But what have you experienced in your Christian life? This is not a game about (coughs) some little game of Bible trivia that we've gathered. People think that they're right with God if they can win at Bible trivia. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So many people know so many details and they know so many little odd facts about the Bible or about God. Miss Martin, how are you? Good to see you. You were just out yonder, weren't you? Amen, amen. Where's hubby? Yeah, we'll get back to it here. I'm having a conversation. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Good to see you. You threw me. All right. But what have you seen about God? What have you seen? What have you experienced? Blows, blows my mind how that so many Christians never have any answers to prayer. Really? None? Blows my mind. People that say they know God and God never speaks to them, not in their own private time, not in the house of God, not in Sunday school, not in a message. God doesn't speak to them. We're living in a time where our young people have not heard the voice of God and have not experienced anything because mom and dad hadn't shown them anything real. Oh, I'm not here just blessing everybody out tonight. All I'm saying is this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't know how you were raised growing up. I was raised where, uh, you know, if you sat in somebody's house and the food came around, you didn't ask no questions. You took some of everything. Can I get an amen? I tried one time to say, I don't like that. Mm, That was a bad day for me and for them. It was not a good day. And I even tried to say, but I've never had it before. How can you know you don't like it unless you've tried it? Friend, let me tell you, we ought to be experiencing God in our lives. We ought to be seeing things in our own private place, seeing God in in our closet, seeing God in our prayers, seeing God in our Bible study, seeing God in your college classes, seeing God, learn how to find him. Look at what else is said here. I want you to see though in verse number 29, there is a mask that must be exposed. Look at verse number 29. The Bible says this, and the king said, is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimeas answered, when Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. 
I hope you'll follow me here for just a little bit. We're just sort of preaching a little bit, but we're having a sort of a Bible study here this evening. Can I tell you, this is a horrible mask that we have today. You say, well, why do you say that? Number one, I want you to know this. It was a deranged message. It was messed up. You say, well, why do you say that? Because this, this was a message of victory, but there was no death. Let that sink in for just a moment. By the way, this is, this, this is a contemporary message today. You can have victory in your life. You can have a better you. You can live the wonderful Christian life but they forget to tell you about the blood of Christ. They forget to tell you, are you listening tonight? They forget to tell you that there was a death, a burial, and a resurrection. It's deranged in its nature. And by the way, I know, I know I'm making a principle here, but I want you to get it. You cannot have victory without knowing about the death of the king's son. Just take a moment on that and seal it. Ruminate over that thought for a moment. There can be no victory without the knowledge of the death of the king's son. By the way, I do just also want to say, though, that it's still the blood. (laughs) Come on now, somebody help me. There's all people all over this nation that are trying to make ours a bloodless religion. They're trying to cover coat it. They're trying to make it more palatable. Let me tell you something, friend. You're still gonna have to go to a bloody cross if you're gonna find Christ, if you're gonna find peace. You're still gonna go up Calvary's way. There is no other way than through him. Everybody keeps trying to find and paint a new way of salvation. You can have no victory in your Christian life without the death of the king's son. Matter of fact, I'm sort of running some of these together. Let me say it like this. This was a defiled message. Not only was it deranged, it was defiled. Look if you would at verse number 20. (coughs) It was defiled because of this. See this in verse number 20? Look at what the Bible says. Excuse me, look at what God says in verse 20. And Joab said unto him, thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day, because this day, or but this day, thou shalt bear no tidings, because what? Excuse me, what did he say in verse number 29? Is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimeaz answered, when, this, when Joab sent the king's servant and me thy servant, I saw a great multitude, but I knew not what it was. He's a liar. Come on now. Somebody help me. Are you listening to this? He purposefully withheld from David the death of his son. Let me tell you something, friend. That is the end result of all contemporary worship. Are you listening? 
That's where this whole thing goes. That's why, hey, let me, I don't care where you put the hymns at, but bless God, why don't you sing hymns? Come on now. Hey, I, there's a lot of things I, you know, I'll preach about them and stuff. I really don't care. I don't care. But I'm gonna tell you this, friend. You better be careful about what you're doing with Christ and every one of them. They think it's about their appearance. They think it's about their spiky hair or the fact that they wear skinny jeans. I wouldn't trust a skinny jean wearing boy. I trust somebody wearing fat overalls before I trust somebody wearing skinny jeans. Just felt something on that right there. Had to try that out. Yeah, that's for you, deal. (laughs) He can wear skinny jeans and they're perfectly fine. Skinny man. Don't get me started. Yeah, go ahead. Let them wear their flip-flops. Let them wear their aloha shirts. Let them try and minister. Let me tell you, in all of this stuff, we've seen so many people, and, and, and I'm talking about preachers, and everything now is done at a desk with a cup of coffee in their hand. Hey, what's happened to the leather lung preachers? That'll get up behind an old-fashioned pulpit and will preach. a defiled message. He knew exactly what had happened and he purposefully withheld the information from the king. Let me tell you something. It sort of dawns on me that that's the only thing that the king cared about. You better be careful about interpreting this thing according to your will and according to your way. Come on now. You better learn about the word of God. How about this one? It was a dismissed message. What happened here? Verse number 29. King said, is young man Absalom safe? And him he has answered when Joab sent the king's servant. Me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, turn aside and stand here. I got a question. Isn't that the most embarrassing thing to happen? You came all that way to tell me and you've got an incomplete message? All right, why don't you just shut your mouth and why don't you just stand over here for a little bit? Let me tell you, you start giving messages like that, you will be embarrassed before the king. It's a wicked way. Wicked. About this. Let me show you a couple things in here. This will be for some of you Bible nerds, all right? Number whatever, I don't even know what we're on. There's a mystery to be explained. There's a mystery to be explained. I want you to write some of these things down. I want you to understand we're trying to take into consideration the entire story, which means the beginning of this story with David and Bathsheba. Is everybody all right? All right. Let me say it like this. And I want you to write this down because the number two is consistent throughout this story. And the number two is the number of division. 
look at this. Uh, and I want, write them down because we're not gonna see them all right here. Some of them are back in the other part of the story. I'm not going there tonight. How about this? There were two sons that died. And I mean in particular to this story. The first son was the son of David and Bathsheba. And the Bible says that God struck him. God struck the child. David mourned, David fasted, David prayed, but he was killed. But here we see Absalom killed for this particular reason. By the way, we see the first one in innocence, but he was killed out of judgment. Absalom was killed for his own rebellion. Another one, there's two lessons to be learned. I'm not gonna go through all of these. You can do, go look them up yourself. How about this one? There were two battles. <laughs> the first battle was what? It was the one that David should have been at and he wasn't. And this battle, the second, David was willing to go, but the people stopped him from going. Are you getting it? I, I, I'm trying to just show you there's a whole lot more afoot than what we actually realize. Is everybody all right? I, I, I get these, all right? So I'm, I'm gonna say that there were two battles. That first one, David chose not to go to. And by the way, David learned his lesson because now David's old. And he said, let me tell you, if there's a battle, I'm gonna be in it. I ain't staying anymore. I don't care who's fighting. I don't care what's going on. I ain't going until it was the people of God that had to tell him, no, David, you can't go on this one. Another one, I want you to write it down. There were two roofs. <laughs> Woo, oh yes, friend, I love this. You think that any of this is by accident? Matter of fact, <laughs> where was David on the first roof? Out looking over his kingdom. And what did he see? A woman. But now, look if you would here, there's another roof that's here that is mentioned in detail. Look if you would, oh, where are we at? Verse number 24. And David, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself here. And David sat between, here's another one, two gates. We'll come back to that one in just a moment. And the watchman went up to what? The roof. Can I tell you, you don't find David there, do you? <laughs> he said, no, I ain't going up on that roof. That roof is not for me. By the way, whenever you find an unnamed servant in the Bible, usually it's talking about the Holy Ghost. Is everybody all right? By the way, when you're wondering if you ought to be there, why don't you let the Holy Ghost go check it out first? Come on now, somebody help me. Don't just stare at me tonight. We'll all fall asleep. Everybody all right? There are two roofs. David went up on the first one presumptuously and fell because of his pride. The second, it mentions a roof, but it says the watchman was up there. That was your old mascot, the watchman, the watchman. What did he do? 
He was up there watching out for everybody to give an alert to whosoever will. And friend, let me tell you, the Holy Ghost is there to protect you, to watch over you, to help you, to guide you and to guard you. Why don't you let him go up and take care of your business? We just read here just a moment ago that there were two, uh, um, uh, two gates. You see that in verse 24? David sat between the two gates. Huh. By the way, I'll tell you what I think that is. <laughs> By the way, who is David a type of in the scriptures? That's not a trick question. Who's David a type of? Who is he a picture of? Christ. Jesus. Isn't that right? Matter of fact, you're going to find out. To me, this is the type and the picture of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Both gates <laughs> that open, that swing open. And where are you going to find Jesus? Right in the midst of both of them. The Old Testament and the New Testament. There were two counselors in this story going back. One was named Ahithophel and one was named Hushai. There were two leaders, Absalom and David. There were two runners, Ahimeaz and Cushai. There were two messages. One was incomplete. I'm getting, a, I'm getting ahead of myself. I hope you don't mind. We're just, you just came back from Bible conference, so we're just having a Bible study. Is that all right? All right, all right, all right. Is everybody all right? Smile a little bit. Just crack a smile. We'll be all right. Otherwise, we'll just shut it down and go to Culver's or something. Yeah, okay. I didn't say take a vote. Put your hands down. What did I just say? Oh, going to Culver's. You ain't no help. We vote you out. I'd have said the same thing. Two messengers. There's two messengers. Get, get, get it. Get, we were talking about two gates, right? You had the one and Jesus was right in the middle. Now you got two messengers. By the way, one had an incomplete story. That sounded like an Old Testament. And one contained the story about the death of the king's son. Oh, come on. Are you getting any pictures in this thing? Are you seeing all the beautiful pictures that God has? How about this? By the way, can I tell you, you say, well, what are all of these pictures about? I tell you, that, I don't know, but I'm a, I, am a, I am a dichotomous person. I have in me an old man and a new man. I have an old nature and a new nature. I have old things that are incomplete. But praise God, when I got the new man, I am complete in him. Oh, let me tell you, there's so many beautiful pictures, so many beautiful thoughts. There's two messages uh, that are given. And I'll tell you this, there were two paths that were taken. Huh. Did anybody count? That's a lot of them. A lot of twos. God does. Let me remind you. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not 
fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Huh. Huh. Let's go, let's go on here. How about number whatever? You ready? There is a method to be expected. There's a method to be expected. Now, I'm gonna say that, yes, this is for everybody, but I'm gonna hit some of you preachers. How many of you men are here that are called to preach? Even if you're in the Bible college, even if you're a boy, if you say, I know I'm called to preach, would you raise your hand all over the auditorium, lift them way up, because I'm half blind, okay? Lift them way up, good, some in the back, Good, 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 good. Praise, praise the Lord. Now I want you to write these things down. I want you to get it. This is, there is a method to be expected. I want you to write down these two things. I want you to write down their practice and their path. Matter of fact, look, 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 look at what it says here. Look at verse number, we're gonna be in verse number 24, 23, and verse number 24. All right, now look at this. <laughs> but howsoever, said he, let me run, and he said unto him, run. Then Hemiaz ran by the way of the plain and overran Cushai. And David sat between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the, over the gate under the wall and lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man running alone. Now, I'm not real smart, but there were two messengers. Is that right? So if one was running alone, guess what the other one was doing? He's running alone. I'm gonna tell you something, especially some of you boys. When I say boy, I just mean someone that is less than 51 years old. Because <laughs> that's how old your preacher is. I don't know who else. Let me tell you, the nature of the ministry is to run alone. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Now this is to help you boys, but I hope this will help you church to understand some things because I'm gonna say a couple things that your preacher would never say. I'm only telling you because I've been doing it a little bit too. Not near as well and not near as magnificent as your pastor. I'm gonna tell you a couple things. You can be surrounded by people and be lonely. Even, excuse me, not even even, especially in the ministry. Write it down. You boys better know it. Oh, I know we've always got the Lord we can run to. And we've got, hey, let me tell you, I'm glad that, you know, we've got things called phones where we can talk to people and all that kind of stuff. But it's not always easy in the ministry. It's a lot of times. 
You don't know the inner struggles. You don't know the inner sanctum moments. You don't know what it's like when everybody's talking about you. You don't know what it's like when the uh, when you're, you feel you're wondering if your church is at a crossroads. You're wondering if maybe this is going to get out of hand. You're wondering if maybe that next Sunday could be your last. And that man right there will never take. We hadn't had no conversations about any of this. He's he's tougher than Fort Knox. You'll never get anything out of him. And I'm his cousin. He acts like he loves me. He don't love me. (laughs) That man eats nails for breakfast. So what I'm saying, let me tell you something, man. And I'm not saying he don't love you. Don't you dare misunderstand me. But you need to know, you might think he's great and you might, th- and he is. But you, you, might, you might even think though that he's your best friend. I'm gonna tell you something, that's great. But he can never say that about you. He can never say it publicly. Even if he feels it, he can never say it. Some of you say, I don't understand that. I know. I'm just telling you the way it is. By the way, if he's going to be the man of God that he's supposed to be for you and your church and your home and your family and your marriage and your kids, he has to stay best friends with the Lord. Which means sometimes you have to be set apart. Excuse me. Almost all the time, you're set apart. Being a ministry ain't easy, but it's part of the method. Deal, what's it like being down there cut off from everybody? Is it always easy? Oh, I see your post. Man, this is a great day. <laughs> yeah. You hear him testify about all the bad stuff? And by the way, thank you for not. I'm sort of meddling around in here. I'm trying to mind the Lord because I could just go on and I I didn't have to stay as long as I needed to on this. I'm gonna tell you something, man. You better start praying for that man because you know as well as I do in the days in which we're living, it's gonna start getting more interesting and it's gonna start getting a whole lot hairier as we go along here. Aren't you glad you got a man of God? By the way, for, for, and I know you've probably seen some of these things, but it's the truth. Especially when we started, everybody at church, oh, preacher, what are we gonna do? No, we ought not see anybody ever again. Let's just come covered in duct tape. It's insane. And then you got some people say, bless God. And here you are just trying to keep everybody together and pointing them to Jesus. That's no joke. That is no joke. You better be careful about messing around with stuff one way or the other. If you didn't have a man of God, you ought to worry about it. 
And I'm telling you boys, there's times you just got to run your race and you're going to be alone. You're going to be alone. But it's okay. (laughs) They won't let go of me. It's okay because God will walk with you every step of the way. Second thing I want you to, did did you see what else it said about them? We saw that they ran alone, but we also see that they had to take two different paths or they did. It just says one guy went the way of the plain. Did you see that in verse 20? Was that verse 23? One guy went the way of the plain. I don't know what what way the other guy took. All I know is it wasn't the way of the plane. And you're gonna wonder sometimes, it's gonna enter into your mind. Why is his way easier than mine? By the way, isn't that applicable to all of us? Come on now. Nod your little heads up and down. Why is his way easier than mine? Why, why, why don't they have to go the same road? Why do I? have to deal with financial difficulty day in and day out? Why do I have to deal with a diagnosis? Why do I have to deal with medication? Why do I have to deal with pain? I'm gonna answer that. I don't know. (laughs) But it's your race. That's your race. You're gonna give up? You're gonna quit? Or you're just gonna bellyache about it? There's a lot of other churches. They're already at Culver's tonight because they didn't even have church. What do you think of that? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you getting any of this? Why? 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 Can I tell you, quit acting though like you're the only one going through hard times. Because even the people that you think have it easy, you have no idea of the terrors that are upon their heart and upon their mind. You have no ideas about the issues that they have to face. We weren't really fast through those first couple ones. I feel drawn out here a little bit for some reason. I don't know why. There's a whole lot of people in churches though. They struggle with this. Don't you wish that you had it easy? About that Martin home. Yeah, it's always been easy for him. Let me tell you right now, he's out preaching on the road and he can't even stand up straight. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that. Next time I see him, he's, he's a boxer. He's gonna bust me right in, the, in my fat mouth. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> I'm getting nervous thinking about it. Matter of fact, let's just pray. I'm gone. <laughs> Wouldn't you think that someone that's out there preaching the gospel and their ministry is to travel. 
Don't you think? Maybe God would just say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll help you a little bit here. But what you don't see is God helps him. And that's part of your ministry is to help him. And if he's out of this church, that's part of your ministry is to help him. Is everybody all right? Can I go to the next one now or do I need to sit here and bore you? Look at what else. We're, we're almost done. Look what it says here. <clears throat> I want you to know, though, there is a mission that cannot be excused. There is a mission that cannot be excused. You know, we live in a world of excuses. Here's some excuses that were compiled by Reader's Digest. (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to read them with a straight face. I dreamed I was fired so I didn't want to get out of bed. How about this one? I was up all night arguing with God. Actually, there's times I could have used that one. How about this one? A raccoon stole my work shoe off of my porch. I wasn't thinking and accidentally went to my old job. (laughs) While rowing across the river to work, I got lost in the fog. Here's one for you. I didn't have money for gas because all the pawn shops were closed. (laughs) Here's one. My dog dialed 911 and the police wanted to question me about what really happened. Here's those other ones for not doing their homework. Another pupil fell in a lake and I jumped in to rescue him, but unfortunately, my homework grounded. There you go, kids. That'll help you tomorrow. My father had a nervous breakdown and he cut it up to make paper dolls. (laughs) I didn't do it because I didn't want the other kids in the class to look bad. Now, kids, I'm sorry. The bad news is all your teachers heard those, so those don't work. (laughs) By the way, I just want you to know, though, there's no excuses in this thing. And when the king demands an answer, you better make sure you give him the right one because there is no excuse. I want to show you a couple other things, and I'm, I'm done. Look at this. I want you to see the difference between the two men. Cushai, I want you to write them down. Cushai, get this. Cushai and Ahimeaz. Ahimeaz was the guy that went that wanted to run, but he didn't have a message. By the way, his name means the brother of anger. Are you listening? You want to know what Cushai means? 
the Ethiopian. That's what he was. By the way, aren't you glad God uses anybody and everybody? Aren't you glad? Are you listening? God will use you whether you're rich, whether you're poor. God will use you regardless of the color of your skin. God can use you. God can use a donkey. Somebody say amen. And I'm telling you that God will use you if you will allow him to. Let me tell you the difference between Cushai and Ahimeaz. Cushai was not an Israelite. Not originally. But I tell you this, God could use him anyway. Amen. How about this one? <laughs> here, here it is. This will this help, help all of us. Look at this. I, I want to show this to you. Look if you would, chapter 18. Uh, look if you would at verse number 27. And the watchman said, Methinketh, the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok. I want you to get this. All I know, I don't know what the big deal was, but this guy must have been some runner. Because he was looking from a distance. And he said, man, let me tell you something. That boy is running lickety split. Now, this is gonna help all of us, but it's gonna help some of you preacher boys because there's gonna be some people out there doing a whole lot better job than you are. But it doesn't diminish the importance of your message because you have the right message. Preacher, I'm gonna be honest with you. Of course, I'm 51. I, I keep thinking that maybe I'll change someday. I just need to give up that hope and deal with it. But there's times I'll hear preaching, YouTube or whatever, and I'll think, ah, man, why can't I preach like that? Why can't I? I go to a conference, go to a camp meeting. Man, I hear preaching. Man, I mean, I, I mean, it's corn shucking preaching. Mm, man, I love it. It bears witness. It's not wrong in my heart. Ah! And I'm just like, man, I wish. Then I hear him talk about other stuff. And I keep remembering, oh yeah, they can run, but I still have the right message. <laughs> it's not about how you run. Can I remind you? The race is not to the swift. Oh, ain't they something? Yeah. No, they're not. Why don't you learn how to rest in the message that God has given to you and blessed you with? And why don't you just learn to run the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why don't you just learn? Matter of fact, let me say it like this. Ahimeaz, you want to know what else he was? He was Zadok's son. He was the high priest boy. He was something. He had it going on. He was amazing. 
Let me tell you, it just took somebody though with a real message that had nothing but brass tacks and a hammer. Are you listening? And was willing to give the word as it needed to be given. I tell you this, when old Cushai gave his message, it's, it, it brought sorrow, but it was the message that the king was looking for because it bore witness of his son. Can I tell you something? You need to know, friend, we have a real ministry, but only because we have a real message. Amen. Let's have the pianist come. Can I ask you, what are you doing with your message? What are you doing with your message? Quit whining. We're getting aggravated, everybody else. We're getting upset about your lot in life. There's too many of us that have an unprepared message. You had not done anything. Why don't you learn about your message and why don't you allow God to be God in your life? Let's all stand here tonight.